best see first. All three of us. Let's just go for it. Let's go for it. Yeah. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Dude Sweet. Dude Sweet. <laughs> my name is Ian Douglas Terry. And my name is Brian Keith Nelson II, also known as Mr. Entertainment, Xander Creed, also <laughs> known as Blackstacon Thunder. Oh, man, that was all over the place. Yeah. That was a journey. <laughs> and uh, we have a guest today live mm. from Des Moines, Iowa, comedian extraordinaire Dante Powell. What up? Hey, guys, how's it going? <laughs> Hell yeah, Dante. How are you, dude? Man, I'm great. I'm I'm just enjoying life, trying to uh, become a famous, rich comedian yeah. so I can stop doing comedy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's As the dream. The path. <laughs> yeah, the dream is to do comedy yeah. so good you don't have to do it anymore. And then pop in every now and again, throw out some fire, and then just be like, peace. Hell yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Dante, we were just talking, and we think the last time we saw you, or at least Xander saw you. Yeah, or talked to you. Was in Omaha last summer for Mid by Midwest. Yeah. It was. I remember that fondly. I remember showing up to the coolest Airbnb I've ever been it in. It was a pretty dope Airbnb. Airbnb. It was pretty dope. How many people did we have in that one Airbnb? Uh, I think we had 37. Eight, seven or eight, yeah. 37 people. Oh, man. And oh, we it was it was really dope because it felt house. incredibly modern, but also very old. Like there were like pictures of Fifty Cent and like the most exquisite like frames in the world. You're like, oh, this frame is obviously worth a million dollars, but this Fifty Cent poster was five. Yeah, it was. <laughs> now it might be worth a little bit more money, depending on when you. Got <laughs> yeah, he's done some things. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. So Dante, comedy is going good. It is. I uh, I actually just booked my first headlining uh, festival. Oh uh, hell yeah! Spot. So I'm like, I'm really excited. I'm going to get to headline. Hell, hell yeah, yeah, dude! Congratulations. Thank you, man. I couldn't have done it without you, Ian. That's not even a joke. That's not me like kissing ass or anything because I'm on your podcast. It's the truth. You're the first white comic to be like, oh, that dude is funny. I'm going to book him and. Yeah. Then everybody else was like, oh, he's safe. We should do that. <laughs> it's funny how that works, huh? Yeah. It's funny how that works. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was dope. So thank you. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. No problem. We kind of talked about it. I think I don't know the order of these podcasts are going to come either, out. I don't either, but in a later episode or earlier episode. But I or, talked about how the thing I love the most in comedy, like I didn't really care. I like to have fun and do shows. That was a great part for me. But like my favorite part was like showing people new comedians, like be like, oh, man, you got to see this person or oh, this person's got to do stuff. So mm -hmm. you've always been pretty good at that. Like just like from what I've seen, especially just like getting people involved, like cool shows, like especially wrestling here when wrestlers wouldn't really think to try it. But then you found like the right spots for them to fit in. And those yeah. shows were pretty fun. Yeah, I'm very good. <laughs> you are, man. You are. There's reason you book. You got an eye for it. <laughs> my favorite, literally, I was talking to my friend Sarah, who's involved with the fest. And the fest was the last time I did it, Dante did it. And oh my God, that was the most fun ever. I think we watched two bands at a huge festival with like tons of bands playing. And then we just hung out and drank. And then Dante just disappeared and went to a Halloween party. Hell yeah. 
Yeah, I so I picked up a friend there and she just followed me around the whole time. And yep. like it wasn't like a weird thing where she was like hitting on me or anything. She was just like mm-hmm. the nicest person and she was like, "Oh, I, let's let's show you how like she was the exact opposite of Florida man." And so like everything <laughs> you hear about Florida men being like creepy and crazy, she was just like, "No, no, no, you can't go here. You need to go here. You can't go there. You need to go here." And then yeah. I kept talking about uh, Adam Caden Holland, whose uh, Comedy Central special I think was airing that night. Oh yeah! And Shout out to Adam Caden Holland. Yeah, he's the best. And I, uh, I was like, yeah, this is like my friend from TV is around here, and I'm like hanging out with him all weekend, so it's real cool. She's like, what friend from TV? And we just happened to be in a bar that was playing his special. I'm like, oh him right there, like oh, him. <laughs> and so like. 30 minutes later, you guys called me and I got back to where you were. I was like, yeah, this is my friend from TV. And she was just like, what is your life? What's going on right now? (laughs) It is pretty interesting from an outside perspective. Yeah, dude, that was that was the best moments. It's just like we're hanging out in the swamp in Florida. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just happy good time and avoiding like the big thing everyone's paying a bunch of money and excited about (laughs) and that's one of the things we've talked about too just like some of the stuff that we've experienced is just how we've looked at it at that time and how it's how it was like different than we look back on it now and it's just like oh okay like because i've been having things back in some like high school i thought sucked and now i look back i'm like oh i got a lot of cool stuff out there she's uh she's pregnant now by the way i just sent her a baby shower gift so Mazel tov. Yeah, <laughs> all that good stuff. <laughs> but that's yeah, you're you're right. Like I think when I think back on all the festivals we've done, there have been like I remember we saw Run the Jewels together, and we saw oh my god, <laughs> oh that's right. Didn't they mistake me for Killer Mike all yeah. day, all day? Like tons of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was in Omaha and tons of white teens thought Dante was killer Mike. I remember you sent me that text and I was like, that shit is hilarious. Yeah, man. So I just took pictures all day and pretended to be killer Mike. <laughs> then some people saw killer Mike on stage. They're like, I've been fooled. No, you did it to yourself. No, they were like, oh, he he's so he's so energetic. He did stand up earlier and now he's rapping real hard. <laughs> <laughs> this man is a legend. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude. Me and Dante have had some travels. We've been around. Yeah. We have, man. It's dope. Yeah. It's the best. And that's like the most fun part of it. I know, like I think there's an element to any kind of form of entertainment, whether you're a wrestler, whether you're a comedian, whether you're a musician, where it's like you want to succeed because you want accolades or money mm-hmm. or like whatever. Mm-hmm. Nice ladies, you know, you want whatever. Yeah. But the part as long as it's balanced with, I also just want to have the best time with my friends yeah. and see some weird shit. Yeah. Like that's, that was yeah. like main driving force where when I would have to pick comedians for fest, it's like, who do I want to hang out with? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Exactly. <laughs> that I also know will kill on the show. <laughs> yeah. And then who will be fun to hang out with because you're going to spend a good amount of time with them. So yeah. like, you want them to be fun. Oh my gosh. And not like a diva. Yeah. Dante is the funnest and he's not a diva. No. I checked. It's nothing but constant laughs hanging out with you, man. <laughs> oh, you guys are going to make me cry. I'm going to become a diva one day, and it's over for these hoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
Oh man, you guys have any uh any funny fun road stories y'all want to share? Oh, together or separate? Together. Oh, let's see. With you guys. Let's see. Me and Dante have been to Florida. We've been to Omaha. Dante, were you oh. were you there at the first mid by Midwest? I was. Okay. And uh I did I did a crazy show with uh uh, it was. I just remember going up, and then Zach Peterson went up after me, and uh, who else was it? There was somebody else that just destroyed that room. Um, I know Dorian. Oh, that it was Dorian. It was. It was. Uh, it was Dorian and uh, Goodrich. Goodrich also went like crazy yeah. that night. Yeah, because um, that was that night. Dorian goes, "Hey, I have a hit of LSD. Will you do half of it?" And I was like, yeah, and I was like, of course, because my drug rule is I'll, if anybody offers me anything, I'll do it. And only after I took it, like I took it and one of the bands was playing, I think it was Dirty Few, and I'm just staring at the drummer being like, how the fuck does he do that? And then I look over yeah. and Dorian's just like staring at him like he's witnessing like a miracle. And I was like, oh, no, I'm on drugs. Well, the, then, the other thing I remember. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. But then the the Booker dude there, the manager, hands me the money from the door, and I just look oh. up at him and I go, "Dude, what is money?" <laughs> and he was like, "Okay, I'm gonna handle this." <laughs> like, oh no! Uh, I remember, I remember the first night of the first Mid by Midwest. You had booked uh, Thirst Things first, and they yeah. had that song about needing more oil. And it was just so good. Everyone there was like, wait a minute, he booked good bands? <laughs> You're like, why would you do oh. that? Like, we oh we just gosh. wanted to tell jokes. Like, most of most of our, like, best experiences together are probably at Olivers somehow. Um, yep. Olivers. It is a nice spot. <laughs> it's fantastic. And so, like, yeah, there was, there was that. There was the time that, uh, like, I – when they first built the beer garden outside, I was just oh like God. hanging out, like pestering people. And it was the band cursive. And I didn't know. And everyone else was just like afraid to talk to them. And I was just over <laughs> there like, yeah, Omaha is kind of weird, man. It's a lot of white people, huh? <laughs> and they were just like, Oh, we like you. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's the classic. Olivers. You're going to see someone from a famous indie rock band. If you hang out there long enough. Yeah. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. Yeah, dude. So how's everything going in Des Moines? Uh, everything is great. I started a new comedy showcase with, uh, nothing but black people, which is, yeah. My favorite thing I've ever done. Uh, Hell yeah. I So it's called the Comedy Kickback. We do it in a, uh, this guy, Matt, rents uh, an artist space kind of near downtown Des Moines. And he produces podcasts and has a recording studio. He was like, why don't you guys do a little indie show here? And so me and my friends, Perry Thompson, Clifton Antoine, Bernard Bell, uh, CC Brewer and Tamara Lytle, we just kind of got together as the black comics of the Des Moines area. And then there's another comic from Mason City, Iowa, named Day Peace, who was like always with us. And uh, we started a showcase and we're brand in 
like potentially bring in headliners from other places and things like that. But for now, it's just like a black showcase where like making like progress in terms of getting people out to it. We sold the first one out. So we're trying to do it monthly and sell the next one out, but more so we're trying to grow black comedy in Des Moines. And it's <laughs> yeah, that's the best. I can't believe it. And I'm so happy. <laughs> Man, the amount of work that goes into that too to like stick to that—that's yeah. a drive, man. It's been—it's been tough for me because, like, in the past, I've just always worried about myself. And during this time of year, I'd be like, "Okay, I'm going to this is my festival run time, where like you know, High Plains, ten thousand laughs in Minneapolis, you know, add another festival or two here and there, and that's what I was keeping myself busy with. And then this year, I was like, well. I've done all those a few years in a row. I don't want to just keep doing the same thing. I would like to produce something that I'm proud of because in the past I've tried to get showcases running here and it never really took And it's because I wasn't around. And so I was like, why don't I try to find a way to be more present? And I, I just did. I was like, all right, I, I need to book shows. Uh, maybe I won't be able to come to Denver right now uh, I'll have to come like during the winter or the spring. But if I can book a show in Springfield, Missouri, I can drive there and be back on Sunday so I can meet up with the guys I run my show with. We can work on getting the show put together. We can handle the business of doing all of it. And it's been it's been a lot of fun. I, I will admit, like I thought it was going to be just overworking myself and like not enjoying it after a while, but I still enjoy it. So. I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, that's one of those excited like like that creative stress where it's you don't mind being stressed for that because it's still something you want to do. So you're just like, I'll of do course, that with everything else. Yeah. Plus, you're building a cool thing where nothing really existed that was like that. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which I'm a big supporter of that. You know that. I do. I I will like. I can't lie. There are tons of times where I'm looking at a situation. And I'm like, oh, this is this is exactly what he was dealing with when he was that that period when I first met you when you were running a scene, and then yeah. to see you then turn it into like being on the like at the absolute beginning of the wave of like those indie festivals that said, no, we're gonna bring dope headliners and put you know uh, people who are really good on shows with them and, and make it a, a fun weekend, like you did. Crom was the first one of those I saw, and I was like, "Whoa, this is amazing!" So, dope <laughs> shit, Hell man. Yeah, dude. yeah, pioneer over here. covered wagon, covered wagon Terry. <laughs> yeah, I'm stoked because today I officially got a corporate job where I'm gonna have oh. health insurance and all kinds of cool shit. So I'm just gonna get. I'm going to start wearing those like golf polo shirts tucked in all the time. <laughs> I'm just going to become a real corporate dad for no reason. Man, oh, man. oh man, this is going to be interesting hanging out. Yeah. People looking and be like, what are these two people? doing?" <laughs> I like that. I think that's a yeah. good idea. I, I might start doing shows like that. <laughs> Ian and dad styles is just like, okay, off putting. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dude, wait, I've like, I've, I think I've retired the character of IDT. <laughs> hey, you gotta, you gotta I'm, do that <laughs> sometimes. That's what yeah, you gotta do. I'm still kind of, I'm still kind of that dude. But like, 
Man, I went to a bar semi recently on a date because I'm out there. I'm out there. I'm <laughs> yeah. trying to find it. After it. Yeah, there's there's a lot of Korean nurses out there. I gotta talk to all of them. <laughs> Damn. But uh, I was at the bar and the bartender, he's like a buddy of mine, but he kept being like, "Dude, you're not wearing a tank top," and he kept saying it. And I just wanted to be like, "I got shirts, man. <laughs> I have shirts. Not a fucking cartoon character that's always wearing silver shirts. Always be like Hell an anime yeah. character, no matter what, no matter what they go through. The oh. outfit is the exact same. It's just like your clothes got burned away in that place. Yeah. How did like? I'm not Bart Simpson, dude. I got, <laughs> I got shirts with collars. Like, sure, you can't death. hop on a skateboard and pull out some tricks. I probably could. <laughs> you don't want to have a rivalry with your dad with a slingshot. <laughs> Shout out, Doug and Nicky. Oh that's, my gosh, man, that's. I think that's cool. Like, what? Well, hold on. Let me ask this: What are you going to be doing at the job, though? Because is is it like, like real life corporate stuff? No, okay. I'm in like a warehouse, so it's not like like uptight corporate but it's for like a tech company okay so it's i didn't i didn't know if you were gonna be like if if i if like i was gonna be watching the news tomorrow and they're like uh this tech company in denver they have a new guy they just hired and we went through his old tweets and he said hell yeah too much (laughs) (laughs) it would be something like that too wouldn't it damn my old tweets would just be like, man, this guy really liked puppets. <laughs> He's like a puppet creep. He's oh. up to something. My old tweets would be like, this is one depressing-ass entertainer. I, it's, I mean, it's a good thing I deleted. <laughs> oh, man. I actually went through my old tweets last night just to be sure. And there were there, oh, shit, really? there were a couple that I had to be like, should I leave this or should I not? I ended up just leaving everything. Yeah. <laughs> Like I was so like in 2012, I got dumped by the girl I moved to Iowa for. And all I did was tweet Uh about how everything was my fault. And I was like, I like, what is wrong with me? What am I talking? Like, why am I letting her off the hook? Like this bitch told me to move for her and then changed her mind. Like she's in the wrong young. Yeah, that shit ain't right. No, call that out. That shit ain't right. No. So <laughs> how you gonna pay me back for you? For you? Yeah. Come on. I was like, uh, at, yeah. One of them says something like, "I'm in a state twelve hours from home in an efficiency apartment, and this is my life. Accept it, buddy." Or something like that. And I'm like, "What was wrong Whoa. with me? You, you go through some shit. That's probably was just part of your process. You had to get it out somehow." Oh my gosh! I love emo Dante. It, it was it was not good. I I want so badly to oh, that to not be me, but it was. And the other uh, the other funny thing about it is that like looking back on it now, I'm like I wasn't even that sad in part. Like I was trying to force myself to be sad, but the thing was, I, I didn't about I didn't know I was allowed to be happy after being dumped. I thought when you got dumped, you had to be sad. But what was actually happening was I like just moved to Iowa and there were like, I was in a whole phase. So I was like, oh, I I shouldn't mm-hmm. be out here enjoying all these beautiful women who want to have unprotected sex with me. I should instead, <laughs> I should instead be sad because the one I moved here for dumped me. And then I, I so I tweeted about how I lived in an efficiency apartment, even though like there was a cougar who was like, my husband's rich and he's never home. Come bathe in my, <laughs> in my hot tub. Yes. 
That's my dream. Oh my gosh! So, so yeah, like speaking Xander's language oh, right now. My dream. <laughs> it was it was nuts. I was like, why was I sad? Oh, I wasn't. I had to. Yeah. I was an actor. <laughs> <laughs> I think because like I this is something I've been thinking about recently. Like there's oftentimes I find myself questioning how I feel, but it's more so questioning how I was raised how I should feel about certain things. And that's just not always the case. Like, especially yeah. when you look back, a lot of the teachings that like you get through society in general, not even just family sake, like a lot of them we see now, there's a lot of like, it can use a lot of correction, you know, or like modernization and updating and everything. For sure. For sure. So it's always just the like, oh, y'all broke up. Well, you're supposed to feel sad. Sometimes you're like, no, we needed to break up. And now I'm just out here just throwing my shit out, you know, doing my thing. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta throw your shit out. <laughs> you do. I. It's been. It's. It's been a, an interesting thing to look back on because I 100 percent was like, why am I trying to come across like Kid Cudi when I was living like two chains? <laughs> like I was very. I was. I was. Yeah, you gotta live your turn up life. Yeah. <laughs> I was just fine, and then I was like, I was trying yeah. to project to people. Hey guys, the breakup so terrible on me too. But secretly, I was like, "Oh wow, this is what this is like." <laughs> yeah, freedom. Oh my gosh, that just reminds me. Uh, my ex, not I don't think Dante ever met her, but Xander, you met her. Okay, the first ex. Okay, she uh, broke up with her boyfriend, and she lives in Brooklyn, and she was not having a good time. So we talked because we're still friends, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, it sucks." Blah blah blah, and she was talking about whether or not she would move back to Nebraska or stay in Brooklyn, and it was a whole thing. She made a tweet where she's like, I'm casually seeing two guys. I have a date with another guy. Why have I not been single? And it's like, yeah, dude. Yeah, it's the, get out. It's, it's great. The best. I think it's the best right when you're out of the relationship, too. Yeah. You're like, the longer you're out of a relationship, the more being single starts yeah. to be like, it's a habit now. You're like one of those zoo animals that escapes and mauls around. Hey, hey, person. hey, I'm hairy enough. I'm right here. All right. All right. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I'm a single dog. I get, get that it. taste of freedom. You just want to bite somebody's hand off. It's the <laughs> even, best. I just, man, you got to let me. I'm Sagittarius. I'm half horse. You just got to let me be free. Yeah. You just got to let me be free. Oh, boy. <laughs> Xander's out here beating people's brakes off. No, left I'm not, and right. actually. I am not. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do, man. Time. Yeah, dude. Oh, if I was, that'd be. there's nothing wrong with it. But yeah. Oh, my gosh. That, so we're kind of talking already about it, but like. We're all entertainers. Yeah. I'm now just a podcast host and I work for a corporation, Uh-oh. <laughs> but I still entertain. Yeah, you do. But uh, I'll do comedy again. You guys just wait and see. I'm going to show up randomly and scare the shit out of you. <laughs> Dante, I'm going to show up at your Ooh, show. I'm, for a second. Like, I'm ready. <laughs> you. Uh, like, this is so not how just this so you know, I we have already had to field off every white comedian in Des Moines wanting <laughs> to oh my god hey, hey if I can get back on uh, like a little bit crisper with my comedy can I jump on your show you absolutely can you, you absolutely can but I, and I shouldn't I mean, say I, I don't want to say every comedian in Des Moines because they like will listen to this and be like I never t-. but quite a few of them have <laughs> been like oh man I want to do the kickback so bad and I'm like I, it the Maybe this is not nice, but I try to be nice about it. And I'm always like, oh, yeah, we're only booking black people. And they like they're so taken aback by how straightforward we are. 
Yeah. But as honest, what do you want us to do? Lie to you like Hollywood does? No. But it's like, how many shows do you see that are exclusively white people? All the time. Yeah. Festivals, everything. Lie. Yeah. That's Dante, I saw what, what's what's the thing you're working on? The uh I think it's like Iowa Black Streams. What was that? Yeah, Black Iowa Streams. That's the so that's the collective. Uh, we we do a podcast together every week called Catch the Wave, but they're the guys oh, that yeah. I run the show with, and that's what we kind of do. We do it under that moniker. Uh, we thought bias was a funny acronym, and uh, <laughs> we <laughs> like it, it's cool. So it's the Black Iowa Streams, and we use it to promote like uh, like I said, day pieces up in Mason City. Whenever he does shows, we like to push his stuff. We like if I'm on the road or something, we'll push my stuff. So we just kind of work together to try to make stuff Hell good yeah. for each other. And then, uh, you know, as we grow and we bring on more and more performers, it'll just get bigger and better, I think. Yeah. Nice. And that's like the best thing ever. And it's super positive and super constructive. And I saw that you got your first white guy <laughs> being like, <laughs> they're a white eye. <laughs> it was great it was great i look for like i think that's fine like that yeah. person exists so come on with it it's <laughs> just I, you know because uh, perry one of the guys i run the show with he like banned the guy and deleted the comment and i was like leave it up like let because yeah look, i think let people a lot go. of times a lot of times the, the the white producers here think that we're just complaining when we say stuff like, you know, you don't have to deal with people really calling you out because I, I never see the producers here get called out when they do a show and one of the six of us isn't on it. Now, if they do a show and there are no women on it or no white women specifically, like they'll oh, yeah. get called out in a second. But if it's no black people, it's just kind of like a oh well, it's Iowa. It's hard to fit that on their thing. And there are more black comedians in Des Moines than there are women. And that it, so it's like they always they're always able to find that thing. But it seems kind of tough sometimes to find the the black thing. And it's not a matter of like comparing the the, the oppression or anything. But it's just like you know. <sighs> There, there, there are white Iowa streams. Like, there's a show at the Funny Bone in a couple weeks that they like. These guys rented the Funny Bone out to do a MAGA comedy show, oh, and Jesus. like, it's not. It's gonna be packed full of white people. But a couple weeks ago, I did a show called Indoor Recess with this guy, these two teachers who travel the country and sell out Funny Bones and improvs, and they just do shows because they're viral on. Instagram and really good comedians and mm -hmm. uh, Joe Dombrowski is the guy's name, I think, but he's like super famous on Instagram. He's super funny. And I watched him. He's like a gay teacher and he went up and just murdered and it was great. And it's like, still, if I wasn't on that show, it would have just been another all white show that would have been perfectly fine. But like, yeah. No one would have said anything, whereas when our thing has it's still in its infancy and we're already dealing with that. So, yeah, that's the thing, like at least from my remembrance of seeing shows out here, too, like and even not just out here, just kind of in entertainment in general. You see like 
oh, we're going to have a show where we just want to focus on us, like, because we want to do our thing. And then everyone's like, well, why are you going to do your thing? We're not invited over there. How often are we invited to go for the same things you do? Like, yeah. I, like, when I get back into acting, I know I'm auditioning for, like, a third at best of the same roles that all these other actors are that are Caucasian. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's just like, damn, y'all can't let us have shit. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Like, are we just asking to have that at least the same opportunities? Damn. Yeah, it's listen, as a professional white person, let me address <laughs> <laughs> it's I think one of the big things I've noticed throughout like however long I've had to interact with other white people. That's mm -hmm. most of my life, I guess. Same here, because I'm from Denver. Yeah. But uh it's there's like a cognitive dissonance where that just means that's yeah whatever xander's making fun of me no no, no I, I just laughed because i'm like you're right there is yeah <laughs> i know okay, exactly what you're okay. talking about yeah okay i got see white men are we, <laughs> we have to watch what we say i thought i was gonna get in trouble no, saying cognitive dissonance. i was snickering <laughs> don't say that what? <laughs> <laughs> we, we definitely can't say that but uh snickers candy bar yeah and it's and xander and i've talked about this like a couple times and mm -hmm. it's that uh white liberals are racist yes <laughs> and it's yes they refuse they refuse yeah. to admit <laughs> it, does, it. Yeah. yeah they and it's and i know i've interacted with so many white liberals well the, and they'll say shit and they'll do shit and i'm like uh-oh yeah like you don't understand what this is about and you like have this separation where it's very much like that racism's just this big like thing that's like well if you know if i'm not killing anyone then i can't be racist exactly. and it's like oh no, no it's much more intricate yeah. and much more dynamic but mm -hmm. yeah and like i've had too many discussions with people of color where it's like some white liberal person tried to explain their own heritage to them or something and it's yeah. like what the fuck <laughs> like like why it's, is aunt becky out doing that like <laughs> it's incredible like the the crazy thing is like conservative white people like their racism is like the lakers like sometimes they're going to be like the best at it in the world sometimes they're going to have bad seasons but like liberal racism is like the Harlem Globetrotters. Like they're always just like, they're just solid. They're, they're just like, Oh, I'm putting them like, they're not really keeping score or anything. They're just like trying to make it as entertaining oh, and like confusing yeah. as possible. But then you look mm -hmm. up and they still like beat the Washington generals and you're like, Oh, you still like fucking get to take full advantage of your white privilege. Go you. Like, I would have much rather have been in a Lakers game. At least LeBron would have fucking scored 50 maybe. I don't fucking – so, like, that's the yeah. thing. Like, I, like I'm not yeah. I'm not afraid of of the, like, Steve Kings here in Iowa. Like, I know I know those type of people. I, I, I deal with them as I have to deal with them. It's the guys who, yeah. like, who want to put one face forward and then, like, go to work. But when they have to hire someone – and they see a name that looks maybe a little uh, more black than they're familiar with, they just kind of throw the resume away. Like it, it's that to yeah. me is more hurtful than the guy who's just like, I don't want my daughter to marry a black man. I want my grandchildren yeah, to look like me. No. Yeah. yeah it's at very, least we know. Like conservative racism is very above the board. 
Yeah, yeah. it's like I, I'm dumb and racist. Yeah, like I Basically, don't like people there's, different there's than no me. There's no excuse for it. Where the liberal racism's more like, oh, well, I voted for Obama. It's like from Get Out. It's like that it's doesn't, like, yeah, that doesn't yeah. mean anything. They think like these like things that are like grand ideas. Like, well, I'm not. I can't possibly be racist because yeah. of X, Y, Z. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, but you still say and do things that like are like a problem. Yeah, you can definitely tell. Like, you would not switch your like no matter who you would not switch your privilege to trade skin colors with me with us yeah like you wouldn't and it's like we don't blame you the system is made for you yeah but fucking at least to actually help people that you say you care about but you don't do shit for yeah you voted cool that only goes so far you even say yourself you don't trust the political system yeah why are you not doing more beyond the political system that you don't trust instead of using that as a oh we did this for you so like this is good you guys should be happy right yeah Yeah. we're allies no i know who real allies are we can tell when you're legit yeah we can tell we can tell when you have perspective and a different upbringing and you can adapt we can tell but when you're just fake it's just like don't don't stab us (laughs) in the back it's very oh my gosh you guys are nailing it It's like you've experienced this. <laughs> All our lives. Yeah, I watched the documentary yeah. on it. <laughs> from white dominant places. Like, yeah. Because that can just be like you hear all the stereotypes that are meant for you, that are forced upon you. Like you don't get to choose them. And then you have to break out of them. Yeah. Like, and that's just like trying to do that. And that's just realizing like what like reality of shit. Yeah. And it's just like, no, like I'm not. I'm not going to be a certain way just so you can see me a certain way. I sh- you should see me as a person. Yeah. Because that's what I am as another human being. But no, you see the skin and you see quite like features you don't quite understand. And you either lump me in with a group or you're just like, uh, no, scared. Yeah. You know? And I feel like it's my job. Like when other like white liberal people say or do things around me, I'm like, wait, what? Like, yeah. no, you can't say that. <laughs> yeah. And then having to like, <clears throat> so Dante, I had this job where I was just basically moving around furniture in the mountains for rich people, like for parties and weddings and stuff. (laughs) And it paid so much money, but I saw like the most obscene wealth, like just dumb rich people, like where it's, they have like $150,000 to blow on a party. And the company, everyone there is like liberal. They're very, they're like, you know, they'll beg Bernie and they'll post stuff like that. But (laughs) one of the people, one of the people involved with hiring, she was like, oh, yeah, I interviewed this guy. He was kind of scary. And like, I'm like kind of overhearing and I'm like, wait, what? Like, how was he? Charles Manson? Like, what's <laughs> going on? Did he have a hook for a hand? Like, what are we talking about? Yeah. And she goes, oh, like he just had like, like she like said he had different hair. And I was like, OK, is he black? And she's like, yeah. And I was like. Okay, well, number one, let's not use the word scary when talking about it. And she's like, oh, no, he was nice. And it's like, all right. Don't use scary. Yeah, I was like, we got to sit down. Like, I'm not happy about that. That's the shit that gets us shot. Yeah. That is exactly. And it's like a white liberal woman being like, oh, this guy's scary because of his hair. He had like, I would describe it as Coolio's hair from Gangster's Paradise. (laughs) It's a great hairstyle. Yeah. Like, and uh now 90s kids remember that as coolio from the kenan kale intro yeah program. there you go yeah. there you go and, <laughs> and so she was just like super casual about it then i had to be like well you have two white dudes working for you that have long ass like stoner hair you've never said anything about them like that's scary to some people like these mm-hmm. crazy hippies like so i was like yeah you should not 
use any of that ever. Yeah. She's yeah. like, oh, I'm so sorry. I still wound it up, wound up walking out of the job because they were like also just like treating employees who were oftentimes people of color like shit. And I was like, yeah, I can't be around for this anymore. Way to go, Christians. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was. Yeah, they were like they were like weirdo Christians where it's like, all right, oh, there's too much. Into there's too much going on. There's just so much. I was like, give me a corporation that'll give me health care. I'm out of here. It's the perfect concoction of underlying racism. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's nice. I, dude, I saw that so often in the comedy world where someone would be like, oh, he's an urban comic. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like he performs in urban areas, like in the like it performs downtown. They're like, oh no, he's black, and it's like, why does that have to be a separate thing? Like, why is like yeah. there's suburban comics? That'd be pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think there are suburban comics. They're like the people with kids and real jobs that show up with their shirt tucked into yeah, the open mic. They're, just, they're sweating. <laughs> like, all right, they've never been to this part of town. <laughs> That I mean, I like I try not to like anymore. I try to just uh, not for the sake of my own sanity. I try to not let stuff uh, like get to me. I'm like, okay, th- this person is yeah. in the wrong. I'm going to let them exist there. And every now and again, I have a day where I'm like, no, I feel like helping this person. I'm going to explain to them what's going on here. And sometimes it works really well. We get them to a point of understanding and it's cool. Sometimes it makes them dig their heels in and, you know, they become terrible. But, you know, I used to just be like, I have to fix this. This is my burden to fix. And then it was explained to me that, like, no, it's not. It's up to them to do better. And people like it's up to other white people that know better to teach them better. It's not us. Like, we didn't do this to ourselves it's up to them to fix it. And so like, I, I can appreciate that kind of thing. Like I was watching a, uh, a Facebook thread the other day where a friend posted something about, uh, she was like, Oh, I'm so glad that Kanye took the mic from Taylor Swift. She turned out to be like terrible or something. And someone else commented and was like, Oh no, he's like way worse than her. And then there was like a series of like another, I'd say 12 comments where someone was like, well, not really. Taylor did this, this, and this. And then the other person was like, yeah, but Kanye's a douche. And then they're like, yeah, well, Taylor did this, this, and this. Like, well, Kanye's also arrogant. And then by the like 12th comment, the lady who initially was like, well, Kanye is way worse, was like, well, you know, they're basically even and equal in terms of how shitty they are. And it's like, how do you go from one of them's way worse to they're like the same thing without acknowledging that you probably Mm -hmm. have a bias against one of them that to some degree probably has to do with, you know, his makeup somehow. Like you just have to acknowledge it because she Mm -hmm. ended up being like, you know, I don't even like Taylor Swift. And it's like, well, if you don't like either one of them, but you're willing to say (laughs) that one of them is way worse. And then, you know, four comments later, Be like, well, actually, they're kind of the same. Like, acknowledge that bias and correct it. But when I, like, called it out, she's like, no, you're overreacting and this, that, and the other. And I was like, all right, well, I can mentally step away from this. And the other white people there took over and tried to, you know, explain it a little further. But I just removed, I I turned off notifications 
and I haven't been back to see what was said. And I just don't care. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my it's gosh. almost like we, well, not almost, we learn through life just to desensitize ourselves to it. And like, what do we do in a situation that's going to end up being best for us? Like, just because the fucking stress ain't worth it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Arguing on the internet, still happening, still going great. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I let that shit drive me insane. I let it. Oh my gosh, it you, can suck you in. It's very, it's, it's, it's the connecting thing. Like, I understand, like, why when people like now get bored and they just look at their phone and everything is because they want to connect more, and it's just, it's yeah. what we become accustomed to. Like, I still like the days where I can throw my phone away and go hang out with friends, but that's my version of connecting. Like, I think I have that more because when I grew up as a kid, we were all outside playing, like with the kids on your neighborhood. Yeah, kids kind of do that now, but nowhere near as much. Man, it's and it's just like all of this social like social connecting and again it's not bad but it's just it's different like people have to adjust to, to it and realize like you still also meeting people out in the real world in yeah. person is also still very good and healthy it's like a double-edged sword where mm -hmm. it's uh too it's reliant a, on it it's a thing that's they've set it up where it's almost like a drug yeah that like makes you addicted to like needing like the likes Constant, and like needing yeah. getting into the drama and feeling yeah. like you're doing something. Well, they really connected. know how to tap into people's psyche with the need for attention. Yeah. But on the opposite side of that, that's how like when I'm bummed, I can like be like, what's Dante up to? <laughs> yeah. and I can look at what Dante is up to and be like, oh, hell yeah. Like, well, he's having a great yeah. time. And so like for me, what I'm having to kind of do for myself is just uh, just be like, all right, I if I'm willing to give into this, know your limitations and know when you're going to get out. Like for me, mm -hmm. I, my very simple motto for my life, since I've been probably, I don't know, 12 or 13, I like, I heard this phrase, uh, like, I think my grandfather asked me about something one time and he's like, do you want to be right? Or do you want to get it right? And then as I grew up, I like I, I heard someone I think there's this uh, sports talk radio guy, Colin Cowherd. I heard him. He says it a lot, too. And it's just something that always stuck with me because it's like, it, it, like, what's the goal here? Is the goal just to like, like go around proving to everybody how woke I am and how smart I am and how like all this? Or is it to actually like correct behavior potentially? Is it to uh like you know potentially fix something that you're telling me is errant and an issue because if it's not if the purpose is to just like uh you know peacock around with each other and and try to figure out who has the most woke feathers i don't want to do that and that's yeah yeah, yeah like I, i'm just not I'm, I'm not that guy i've never been that guy and it, listen uh ian of all people i know you know this about me like Nobody else. I'm not the guy that you can come to and just be like, uh, hey, I I feel a certain way and uh, like say anything about someone that I like, like or enjoy. Because, I mean, you're one of my good friends and you've come to me and been like, yeah, I don't really care for this person. And if you like if you don't like them and I do like them, I'll be like, oh, I love this guy. And I'm not and I never like I never BS you. I never tell you that, oh, I like him. So you have to yeah. like him. I, I never 
you know, I'm always just straight up with you about it. And I'm like, well, you know, if they suck, then that sucks. Like shame on them or, or whatever. But I, I'm also the kind of guy that's like, uh, you know, I, I, I can't, I, I, I'd feel worse BSing you in that moment, trying to agree with you and avoid, yeah. you know, us realizing we don't agree on something than I would, you know, saying, oh, yeah, it's all good. And then realizing, OK, this guy's full of shit. Like he said he didn't like this person and now they're on Facebook, like tongue kissing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's honestly, that's like helpful, like the that way of reacting, because it's a lot of the times, at least from my personal experience, I'll be like, oh, I fucking hate this dude. This dude sucks. And if someone says something like, hey, yeah, I don't know, like, you know, they, you know, when they approach it from a more rational way than being like, yeah, dude, fuck them, then it'll make me step back and actually kind of examine <laughs> the situation and be like, oh, maybe I was a dick. Because we all want to have that knee jerk reaction. Emotional. It's human. Everyone does it. I don't yeah. care who you are, man or woman. We all do it. So, like, yeah. And it's just realizing that. Yeah. But that's what I liked about you is that you would never like, oh, maybe I was like you. You would never be like, oh, I was a dick to this person because you you wouldn't be. You'd just be like, oh, we had a situation where they had a chance to be kind and they had a chance to be shitty and they chose to be shitty. So I stepped away from it. And it was yeah. that's what I it's kind of how I operate is like, uh, you know, I I have no issues with anyone, really. But there have been moments where I've been like, you know what, Th this thing that this person is doing really sucks and like let's either figure it out and deal with it or let's uh or, or like let's get that person removed from my life and so i like i've yeah. purged people completely because of the way they move on certain issues and it like I, i'm fine with it yeah <laughs> you have to that's huge because yeah. it's a thing i learned let's see how long ago now was it three years ago it's like if you have toxic people mm -hmm. and sometimes that feeds into like you're like, yeah, because I basically just had a group of fellas that were just all talking shit constantly negative. Like anytime anybody would get anything, they'd be like, oh, it's fucked up. Like they shouldn't have got that. Like I should like it's like you didn't even try to get it. You dumbass. Like, like yeah. why? but and like it's like a siren song. It kind of lures you in because it's like, yeah, fuck that. Yeah, because the negativity. Mm -hmm. But then you realize you're like, oh, this is just like toxic nonstop. Yeah. There's nothing healthy here. I've never had a healthy conversation with this person. And like being able to step away from that's huge. Uh -huh. And not having that. Well, we it's like the best. friends or the we, you know, I've known them for X amount of time. Yeah. Hey, people can grow out of the friendship. They can grow out of like getting along. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. It can happen. And people just got to approach it maturely because I think it's a lot of the like the whole like, oh, no, we're going to make this work no matter what. Like even when it stems to relationships and it's just like, yeah, no, that's not like I get why you guys said that back in the old days. But we all realize that's not how people approach things now because everyone was just basically holding everything in. Yeah. Honesty is the biggest thing. Like a lot of people do this stuff is because they can't be honest, not only with other people or themselves. If they could be honest with themselves, they wouldn't mind being honest with other people. I mean, that's most just of, what I think. Just what I think. <laughs> that's most of the comedians. That's spot on. <laughs> what was that, Dante? I think that's spot on. Yeah. Because it's like, I think with comedy and every other form of entertainment, there's like a self delusion aspect to it. Yeah. And it's like, you kind of have to believe in yourself mm -hmm. 
again like ignoring certain like things that like if you bomb once you can't be like well that's it i quit yeah, i'm done there you like have you have to have be that. like you know what next time i'm gonna be like great mm -hmm. and so there's a little bit of self-delusion i think some people with any form of entertainment can then take it too far where too they're far. like i'm the best why am i not getting everything <laughs> and forgetting why they started oh my gosh and it, one of my favorite things it, is the people like that are still just being angry assholes on the internet and the people that are just good people oh, who boy. work hard and have fun and they're good friends like you know like dante or jeff tice mm -hmm. or other people like that where it's like oh they don't give a fuck about any of this shit. no yeah. they're just having the best time and succeeding yeah exactly <laughs> well I, but i mean like i said i've been that's been my thing since like i mean all the way starting in des moines just realizing like oh the toxicity toxicity of this person is like it's terrible like they're ruining everything and like removing yeah. it and just like getting away from it and then you know having just even even moving forward and like more more recent issues i've had with people where i'm like take a step back and be honest with yourself dante is this your ego tripping right now or is this something you genuinely feel like feelings toward and sometimes i've had to like say to myself like you know this is this is something where you're in the wrong you need to you need to get off whatever high horse you're on and do better and then sometimes i've looked at a situation and been like no like this is I, there's toxicity here but i'm ridding it I, i'm like dissipating it out because i'm coming through you know waving the the, the smoke yeah. away and uh like that to me is also yeah. important so it's like i again like i said I, I and me and ian have talked about this we've we've had some extensive conversations on a lot of different things but one of the things i've always enjoyed is that if i come to you right. and i'm like hey it's like am i tripping or like coming like if i come at you know this person i'm not i'm not tripping for doing that right and you sometimes you're like Oh, like what kind of idiot would do that in the first place? And then sometimes you're like, well, you know, that's something that maybe I wouldn't want to step into. And, you know, that yeah. I, I respect times. <laughs> I've done that to him. I'm just like, yo, am I on my high horse or like, let me just know how this sounds. And he always will give me. There's been a few times just like, well, I could also see it from this. And I'm just yeah, like, no, but that, okay. A, I've heard that before. Well, you know, have you that, have you thought maybe they're looking at it like X, Y, Z? And I'm like, you know, I didn't, and that makes complete sense. And you step away, and, and I sometimes when you go down the list, and it's just like, well, damn. <laughs> but I, it's important. It is, and that's why. I, so I like I have so many people in my life. Well, not so many, but like it feels like so many because the people that I keep sort of close to me all have some of that in them um they like i mm -hmm. i have so many friends that sometimes i'm like i don't even know if i get along with this person but i love them so much and yeah all it is is that you know we we have that mutual respect for one another where um mm -hmm. where where it works out that we almost need one another because there are so few people that are willing to to check themselves and be healthy enough mentally to say, you, you know what, I'm in the wrong, I'm willing to do better. That makes their ability to apply their perspective to your issue and tell you when you need to do it so much more clear. And that's why, like when you were saying earlier that the way people deal with issues have changed, like 
when our grandparents were younger, there were only like five therapists in the country. <laughs> now there's like mm-hmm. thousands. And so as more people become yeah. more mentally healthy, you get these people who can go out and be those uh, pillars of uh, clarity for one another. And we help make each other better. But every now and again, you know, you reach down and pull someone else up and then they become a pillar and they can do it for other people. And eventually it all grows. But but, you know, for now, it's like you you take those people when you can get them and you can find them. But like some people just genuinely suck. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, sometimes that just happens. You know, you, yeah, you you sacrifice them along the way. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's, that's life and growing up. That was my. I don't know if this is tooting my own horn or not. I guess this is growing. Oh, you doing a Blink One Eighty Two reference? That's my house. Sir. Diving in there. What's up? What you gonna do? Stop me in? Oh stop my me. gosh. Uh, but I think the way I approached it for a long time was I didn't give a shit about any like because i think in i'll use comedy as an example just because we've all experienced it but it's uh there's like this weird like shadow control type thing where it's like that person hasn't earned this or that person isn't funny that person hasn't been doing it long enough where it's like drilled into us by like i don't know if it's podcasts or old hack comedians old teachings yeah and it's just this old way of doing things and i never gave a shit about that i was like this person's cool i think they're funny yeah like let's see what they can do Mm -hmm. and that was a big thing like other comics would get mad at me they're like oh he just puts his friends on shows and it's like yeah yeah why wouldn't i I love my friends they're all super funny and cool that's how i've chosen (laughs) like that's how i've chosen like when i worked with student directors and stuff like all the student directors i've worked with are talented and I enjoyed working with them. But there are some where I'm just like, I would much rather be on set with you constantly. Yeah. And I'm glad that I, with a few of them, it's been the same. Like, they were like, oh, I wrote a role with you in mind. Or, yeah, yeah we wanted, like, you. I have this role. And I was like, I want you to be in it. And I was like, all right, cool. That's awesome. Like, and just having that is, is yeah. just, it's fun. And it's, it's like, nice. It's like, why would you want someone that sucks around? All the time. <laughs> like, like, We've dealt with that as teenagers weaving, weaving through friends. Like, yeah. Yeah. And oh, it's, one of the, um, the times they booked me on something, Ian, I there was a uh, there was someone from the I think he's moved since uh, like a few times, but yeah. someone from Des Moines saw that you booked me on something and kind of made a, a comment similar to that with the whole like, yeah. oh, I think you booked them because they're friends, and like it was oh. the first time I like I was like. I had never thought that before. And so to see that someone had written it out, I like looked at it and then I was just like, oh, I'm like, but I'm funny too. So like, what is it? Like, that's yeah. great for Ian. I was like, like, I, like that in that moment, it was, it, it was the ego uh, wasn't present. It was just a, a, an, yeah. actual, an actualization of like oh no I'm I'm good at stand up so when he's doing something in Omaha why would he not ask me to help him with it being 2 hours away and knowing my willingness to like be there and knowing I love hanging out with him and doing this stuff and it's like that is all great yeah. and then if you add to that the fact that like I work my ass off and mm-hmm. when I go on stage every time I leave for the most part it feels good like 
I, you know, I, I try not to make it a thing where I'm always like, I killed, I killed, I killed, but I, I don't ever recall uh, having a bad set with you around. So it's like, why wouldn't he want to yeah. book me on stuff if I ever, yeah. every time he's ever asked me to do something, I've delivered. And what, like that, that would make me want to be friends with someone. So, like, yeah. what? I, and that's that's like the mentality is it's like who do I want around like I yeah. want to have a good time I want to hang out like yeah I want to and also it's who's gonna do well mm-hmm. like, and I think it's having a balance that, of that like having that as an artist when like someone points that out and you're like am I getting booked as a friend you have to have that like I think it's positive ego I think you can have a positive ego especially yeah. as an entertainer that's linked to self esteem so having being self confident and not cocky is just like having a positive ego versus a negative one yeah and it's like. That may be the case, but for him, it's the best of both worlds because I'm also going to perform. I'm also good. Yeah. So I get to go hang with my friend. I get to be good at comedy. And it's a win-win. Like, come on. I, yeah. I literally I'm- told a new guy just like Monday. I was like, man, all I know about any of this stuff is to show up and do well, be prepared, and don't be an asshole. And yeah. that's gotten me everything I have. And it's surprising how hard that is. Like, damn. I, and I definitely like I I just hated like a lot of the culture and like uh, social bullshit involved, like scene bullshit involved with comedy. Like I just mm-hmm. didn't like it. It's all clicky. Like I felt like it was a lot of people who weren't really that into comedy. They just it was the thing that comedy right now is the thing that people who don't know what to do with their lives are all doing yeah that it used to be they would pick up a guitar and start a shitty band uh-huh. but now there's all these comedians that don't like comedy but they're doing it yeah see like that i not taking credit for anything but like a few years ago when uh like in the midst of the rise of triple l i was just like trying to come up with different ideas that i would pitch to nick and see what he would say and one of them is i wanted to get a, a comedian who i had met while he was in town but he was also associated with wrestling championship wrestling from hollywood johnny laquasto he's now yeah. part of nxt like a few years ago because i was a fan of his podcast and i saw a stand-up and i thought he's funny i thought like maybe trying to organize something where oh hey nick you bring in a headliner this dude like if he's out here for this time and get on shows and stuff because like i was starting to meet other people and i was just like you know, would you get him on and everything? And he's just like, yeah, if you talk to him and everything. So I was talking to him and the first thing was just like, dude, I'd love to, but like places like that are known for being like super clicky. Like, I don't even know if I want to yeah. s- submit anything and like pay the fee for it. And I was just like, ah, oh, damn. Yeah. And it's, <clears throat> I think mentally I was always like, especially with like fast and crom, eventually I was like, I want to make sure these aren't just my friends that I'm yeah. making sure people who I've never heard of are getting an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Cause then I wound up meeting more friends. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's like funny oh, how bro- that works, right? You broaden your horizon. When you be yourself and you be genuine, it's surprising who you meet. And I just, I fucking loved making people who were not comedians do stand up. I thought it was the funniest, most fun, entertaining. Cause like, Xander, Mr. Entertainment sitting here. Hola, como You've done like a little stand up before like we met, right? Like yeah, I dabbled I, a little I bit. I did it. I dabbled uh I had a I had a little bit on a set when they gave me like 10 minutes. I was like, "All right, yeah, yeah I can do material and then I can just do a lot of improv cuz you know, improv yeah. theater kid whatever." And, uh, and I was like, yeah, that I was, was like bad. <laughs> I was like, "This guy can talk and can engage people better than most like oh, stand up comedians." Then I also, know. I performed stand up, I want to say 
three other times after that before I met you with yeah. uh, a former theater group of mine, Black Actors Guild. And these yeah. are guys I went to Denver School of the Arts with who came out and started their own stuff. And they were doing a show at this um, in the basement of this uh, church and they made the room into like a small intimate little black box theater yeah. like they had theater seats everything was painted black they would do shows there they would do stand-up shows they did uh, weekly shows and i was with them for like six months and man just like getting back into that theater thing was like was awesome yeah but just like then i was like xander now it's time to talk to mostly white people at a brewery <laughs> let's do it yeah. oh but i mean yeah I, I tried it before there so like getting laughs i figured out a cadence and yeah. again coming from improv and like from wrestling like i would always joke i like getting booed in wrestling because i like being a yeah. bad guy so on stage like silence whatever i'm used to that yeah so but yeah man it's just like i love dude that was like the best thing is crossing worlds like getting musicians yeah. involved in shows because see it's not for that i wouldn't have met all these cool ass people that i've met i've yeah. met people from bands i met people from comedy like, yeah. i'm friends with people from comedy it's very sad and weird when and i there's specific comedians come to mind but i won't summon them yeah like the, like the evil <laughs> like the babadook. yeah like the babadook but uh babadook too where they would be they would be confused as to why people who were comedians had friends that weren't comedians and it's like because that's how the world works dude sometimes like, <laughs> sometimes it's good to have people who are just grounded yeah that have perspective i, I yeah. remember <laughs> being on a roast here in des moines and one of the guys was like uh they're like, uh, this isn't an open mic and Dante is here. Uh, and then they like imply like, uh, the only thing he's good at is not coming to open mics and kissing ass or something like that. And I just remember, uh, I remember like when I went up, I was like, Hey, it's really <laughs> like, cause I wanted to tell roast jokes. But I just was like, it's really cool that some of you guys think, uh, as an adult, I've kissed anyone's ass when uh, what you're actually witnessing is the ability to make real friends. <laughs> and I was just having like a, I was having a stream of consciousness and I didn't expect it to be like that set up punchy joke thing. Yeah. I was like, you guys really don't have friends, do you? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. You think with people. Yeah, it's like you don't understand how like, social skills work <laughs> like growing up I've, yeah. always, I've always had people ask me like it's come down to family friends like this shit's gotten annoying because i've had a lot of female friends growing up yeah and i still have you know a fairly good amount of, of friends like spread out and people like the guys always just be like you sleeping with any of them no my parents are you sleeping with it no like yeah. why why are you assuming like all of this but especially in with my peers it's just like hey what are you doing to be like friends with them i'm just fucking being myself like what do you that's, want from me that's what everyone asks me about dante they're like are you guys sleeping together <laughs> like, is there actual I, tension? actually idt gave me his bed when i was in denver last time so mm -hmm. i better not ever hear anyone say anything negative about him because not only that but we rode around listening to uh first of all oh, by king, king rich non-stop so like, yeah everyone if, listening go to youtube right now sure type in king rich it's worth a single listen first of all <laughs> and then just let it happen just let king rich come into your life please what do about it. that song 
there's a lot about this song when you really like Dante and I really got into it where uh-huh. we were examining a lot. Like I could see that though. A lot you of guys like are on the trip, I could definitely see that as comedians, of, of course. Yeah, a lot of the ad libs are pretty great. It was like goofy, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, uh, and the, just saying like basically the premise is that uh, he added a girl on Facebook and she's like, oh, you're just uh, you're just trying to have sex with me or whatever, and he's like. Bitch, first of all, <laughs> I was just trying to sell you drugs. <laughs> and it's like, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's that art. So... Can that I show so... one of my favorite ad libs in hip hop? Yeah. One of my favorite ad libs in hip hop is um is Beat Nuts um uh Watch Out Now verse two when he's like, You was in jail wearing knee pads and just aggressively in the back, doesn't do quietly, suck a dick. <laughs> <laughs> like he had to clarify. Yeah, yeah. just I was like meant but if not now we know for sure he's like how did i hear that on the radio <laughs> imagine them, they're like they're like in the studio and he's like hold on <laughs> hold on you don't make this better i gotta clarify someone might be confused i think he was Fan, playing volleyball everybody know what in jail wear knee pads means you know what we ain't we ain't making music for nothing but street people but like these <laughs> suburb people gonna listen so just in case yeah i'm just gonna yell out that's what it means because <laughs> <So, laughs> someone's like they're playing volleyball in yeah. prison knee pads what is this they came Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, Dante, we've done over an hour now. Is there ah, is there flies, man? Yeah. Dante, it's like this is we we need to hang out cuz just hearing your voice is like doing awesome. doing mushrooms. Like it's got me so excited and happy. And your yeah, voice man, is just I, I, uh, secrets here and I love it. Oh man. I I have to come to Denver. I just realized since I didn't do High Plains this year, it's going to be a year since I've been there or it has been a year since I've been there. So I need to like, I need to probably come out during the spring because I don't want to do Colorado in winter. Yeah. I I need to (laughs) stop. So I'm guessing like early 2020, I'll probably like just make a trip out. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. It's a good place to be. I might be coming back to Omaha soon. I'm getting, uh, did you meet Dante? Did you meet Mars Black? I did. I did. Okay. okay. So him and I cook, <laughs> cooked up. Uh, well, one, we have some stuff we're, we're work, want to work on together mm-hmm. that I'm excited about. I won't say any of that. He'll kill me. No, <laughs> he wouldn't, yeah. but I'm getting a tattoo and it's to symbolize my time in Denver. Cause both Xander and I, are uh, looking at moving. Yeah. It's gonna, it's going to take me a while cuz now I'm a corporate daddy. I'm leaving in January. Yeah, and he's pursuing the wrestling yeah. dream. But uh full on entertainment dive, so let's see yep. how it goes. Yep, he'll be in the sweaty state. Yeah. But I want to get like a Ooh. cartoony <laughs> headstone that says hell yeah on it. Like carved <laughs> into it. I want to get that. And Mars is like, "Yeah, that's perfect." So, yeah. I I'm going to go out hang out with him and I think I'll have to if you're around des moines dante we should meet up let's do we should it meet man. Up. I, i'm always in clown what what's in between omaha and des moines <laughs> we'll meet halfway oh atlantic we go meet up in atlantic <laughs> yeah we'll just go into a random bar and terrify people just by like, yelling what at is them. happening yeah <laughs> don't let me join I, y'all, I actually i stayed in a hotel in atlantic uh once because i was delivering some uh like <laughs> I used to be a trucker and I had to take out a box of like important documents 
to this other trucker. He ended up breaking down and my company was like, just get a hotel and wait for him. And I got a hotel in Atlantic, Iowa, and it was pleasant and quaint. The lady working the desk was really nice, asked a million and 13 questions, but you know, I made it through. And then uh, the next day I just took the stuff to the guy at a truck stop, went home. And that was my, like Atlantic, Iowa was just a nice quaint little town. I got to hang out there and eat uh, Casey's pizza. So it was dope. Nice. There you go. Classic nice. Midwestern pizza. Yeah. Got uh, is there anything you is there anything you want to promote, Dante? Like what's your what are your handles on the internet? Because everyone um, should follow the you. Handles, the handles are uh Dante Powell on Twitter, D-A-N-T-E-P-O-W-E-L-L. I am Moose Rattler, M-O-O-S-E-R-A-T-T-L-E-R on Instagram. And then just Dante Powell on Facebook. Look me up, add me. Yeah, well, thanks for talking to us. Yeah, yeah. man, thanks for being on. We need thanks to hang out me. soon. If I head in that direction, I'll hit you up. Please do, please do. Tell Doug and Nikki I said hello, by the way. I'm going to see him in a couple days. I'll let oh, him yeah. know. Thank you. Thank you. All right, well, hell yeah. Hi, Dante. Take care, guys. Later, Dante. Bye. Later. <laughs>